What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I have best-selling author, um, entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, Mr. Joe Pony. Uh, I love all the titles, and I asked him about this, and but it was like, I love to uh, talk about his character. I mean, yes, he's got a bestseller. Uh, it's called Follow Your Curiosity, the, uh, the Uncharted Path to Your Success. He speaks all over in churches and schools and all these places. Um, he's got amazing accolades, but the thing, and the reason why I wanted to have him on the podcast is because of who he is. When I first met him and I saw his work, his work is on a, on the next level, as you'll hear here in a bit. But I didn't hear anything about that. The guy who introduced me, my name, my my buddy Lance, all he could talk about was how much integrity this guy had. Um, so, welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Pony. Kelly, it's it's good to be here, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your smile is infectious. Your voice is infectious. Like when I got on the phone with you the other day, when I was, uh, you know, making an initial call as far as like, hey, let's do it, get the podcast going. It was like, you are a jolt of energy, man. Um, Thank you. Where does this come from? Has it always been there? And can we buy it at Walmart? Well, you know what? Uh, it's just that I'm so excited. I'm, I'm always excited. My wife, she always tells me she has two children. And uh, that is my son, Benjamin, and myself. So uh, I think, um, you know, life's too short to, to be um, sad, mad, upset, angry. It's, it's, it's meant to be lived to its fullest. And uh, I just love to laugh. I love to watch funny movies. And I love to have a good time. So uh, I guess that just uh, leaks everywhere I go. <laughs> well, it, it absolutely does. If you want to get a hold of uh, Joe Pony on Instagram, he made it so easy. At Joe Pony, P-O-N-I. Uh, Facebook, guess what? It's Joe Pony. And on LinkedIn, guess what? It's Joe Pony. Although I'm going to challenge your TikTok game. He said he has no okay. TikTok. I'm sure there's not another Joe Pony in the, in the world. Um, and so I want some TikTok uh, part of it. Let's, uh, let's start in from the, from the very beginning though, because I think that, you know, the, the, the billion dollar question is, is, you know, somebody's attitude. Is it, is it born in? Is it circumstantial? Is it environmental? Is it cultural? Um, were your parents encouraging that? Were they, were they encouraging you to just be Joe? Like, I mean, cause you're a light man. Like you got to right, understand. Well, that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I, uh, actually I wasn't always like this, um, I had a really troubled teenage years. Uh, I was expelled twice from high school, and around eighteen, yeah, fighting. Um, and uh, Joe Pony, yeah, Joe Pony was yeah, fighting. Never going. He was to mad. School. No, what would he? <laughs> what? 
The Joe Pony yeah. that I know is like, I mean, bringing sunshine. He's the, I mean, like if, if you were, uh, your last name, then you would be rainbow dash. Like my, my, my daughter is all about uh, my little ponies and you would be rainbow dash. You run into the room and like Skittles drop out you as you walk through. So you, you were in high school and you were fighting. Yeah. Were you yeah, winning? Yeah. Were you winning? Uh, definitely. That was most important. Uh, really? Were you, <laughs> and if I, and it, if I knew my chances weren't good, I, I definitely would be friends. You okay. Know? <laughs> you were so you were but, boxing. Were you boxing or you were a wrestler or what? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, you got fast fighting, hands. Using my using my fist, yeah. And uh, you know, it was until I, I not only got expelled once, but I got expelled twice from high school. And uh, you got expelled around, from your expulsion. Y- yeah, basically, expulsion. My, my my freshman year, I got kicked out. My sophomore year, I, I got kicked out again from from high school. But the story doesn't end there. Um, around that time, I went to a church. My boy, he came to school one day, and he was just so happy. And he wasn't going to parties anymore. He wasn't even cussing. I was like, man, what's wrong with you? What's gotten into you? And he was like, bro, I found Jesus. And I was like, you found Jesus? What are you talking about? And um, he said, why don't you come to church with me? Well, lo and behold, he his whole life got transformed by God. And uh, one Friday night, I had nothing to do. And so I might as well take him up on his offer. And I went to a church and uh, this preacher was preaching. And I felt something in the pit, of, uh, the pit of my stomach, and I knew I had to go up and uh, have this person pray for me. And so, not only did they pray for me, but I gave my life to the Lord at that at that night, um, and um, never looked back. And from there, um, my high school career, my whole trajectory, my um, my uh, I, I guess you could say the path that I was going on changed. So I went from not being um, on the, I went from being on the verge of dropping out to graduating with seven scholarships. So I went from getting expelled twice to graduating from with, uh, with high honors, with seven scholarships. And um, from then on, life has never been the same for me. So when now you're just bragging with the, uh, with the seven uh, scholarships. <laughs> I'm just joking with you, Joe. So, okay, let's go back to little Joe, though. Because okay. there's a lead up to this expulsion. I said expulsion. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna check my uh, their, thing, my grammar. But that's the reason why I only made it to barely through high school. So, <laughs> okay, let's go to Little Joe. Because if you were fighting, there was some anger there. Okay, yeah. so I want two things. Number one is I want to find out where the root of the anger was and what are some of the things that you went through because a lot of our listeners are maybe going through it. They've gone through it or they're about to go through it or they got some kids that are about to go through it. And then let's talk about them hands. Where'd you get the fast right. hands? Because, you know, you said that <laughs> you said you weren't going to fight unless you knew you were going to win. So and then yeah. uh, so let's let, first of all, young Joe, mm-hmm. talk about him and then talk about your fast hands. Uh, so, I mean, I always was a dreamer. I was always into comic books. I uh, always loved to play with action figures, had a huge imagination. Uh, but things began to change for me um, in middle school when I started to get picked on. I went to a new middle school. I had the nicest eyebrows, you know, and, and uh, then the nicest hair. And so uh, it, was, it didn't go, although it was, it was popular to the girls in middle school, it wasn't too popular with um, the guys. Did so you, I hold on, up, Joe, did you groom your, uh, your, your eyebrows? 
Yes. In, in middle, middle school. school? At, at, yeah. I, I would like to say that I pioneered that because that was uh, unpopular back in uh, yeah. those days, you know? Wow. <laughs> I mean, what music were you listening to at this time? You know, um, I, I guess some R and B, some I mean, nice, some some good music. Like you know, what? Like, like what R and B? You talking Backstreet Boys or you talking boy band I, stuff? I mean, I, hey, Backstreet Boys is not too bad. You know, I would never claim it back in those days, <laughs> but it, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, sync, okay, you know? so who is who is your top then? Because if you were listening to some R and B and you were getting you were getting all smooth on your brows, did you have some lines? <laughs> in, did you have some lines in them too? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I always liked, you know, KC and JoJo. Um, I, I always liked, you know, yeah, um, genuine. You know, there was a, a whole bunch back in those days, and then there was also hip hop artists that were off the hook, like Dr. Dre and you know Snoop Dogg. I mean, those are the cla- it was a classic era of hip hop, rap, and R and B. You know, and um, that's kind of like what molded me. Um, watching music videos every year. So, but if you were, if you were listening to Dre, you weren't seeing Dre hook up his eyebrows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. So you were more genuine. Like he wrote that song about you then, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. My pony? No, no, no. No, it was, I was looking in the mirror one day and I, and I seen that I had one eyebrow. And so I, I don't even call it an eyebrow. I call it an eye-eye-eye brow. You know, uh, it was it was a connected uh, brow, and it, and I had to I had to take care of it. And so I started to you know take care of the middle of my eyebrow. I started to separate the two because okay. they were fighting. You know, and um, my mother told me, "What are you doing?" You know, she uh, she didn't understand. And I said, "Mom, you gotta understand. I gotta take care of these things. These things are out of hand." You know, and uh, so, so she's like, "All right, if you're gonna take care of them, then you gotta do it right. Here's some tweezers because I was doing it with oh. a razor." You know, and so. Um, so this was the gateway. Yeah. So so your unibrow when you started doing that, that was the gateway to your arch. Because, yes, it was. I mean, when you go arch, <laughs> like when you go arch, you're all in. You go on your eyebrows. You go arch. I mean, most dudes, I mean, I can understand like the, you get rid of your little Bert, you know, little Bert and Ernie yeah, in yeah. the front, in the middle. Mm-hmm. But what, I mean, to go arch, like, dude, you are in, you're touring, you gotta, you, you're right, touring you have, with new you edition. You have a right arch. You can't have the surprised look arch. You know did you saying? ever, did you, did you, you ever jack it up? Look? Did you ever jack it up though, Paul? Yeah, as a kid, for sure. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, you know, the thin eyebrows are in, you know, and um, I may have gone too thin ever, uh, here and there, but uh, I think it was always important to me to never have that surprise look, you okay. know, that Sharpie <laughs> look, you know, that Ronald McDonald <laughs> uh, look. And I just never wanted to have that McDonald eyebrow look. So I wanted to look, you know, normal uh-huh. and and almost as if they were made that way, you know, so I just just a little clean up here and there. Hey, you know, so, hey uh, if you see him when, when you're if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to this, you can't see him. But if you're watching on YouTube, you know this ain't a little cleanup because this dude is the cleanest dude on the planet. Like you look <laughs> at him, he's he's smooth with a V. And so, okay, so the ladies it's love ladies loved smooth Joe Pony, right, with the nice mm-hmm. eyebrows, everything like that. You would throw one up. Can you throw one up for me? Just one of them. Can you? Yeah, can yeah. You move well, it? I you know, there I, we, know. I saw you it. Just kinda- there we go. You gotta I gotta go that. like that. It's I don't the, even it's like the, that. Um, Zoolander. It's the Zoolander yeah. look. That, that blue know? steel. You can't hang out with my wife. Um, so <laughs> I'm saying you're too pretty. You know what I mean? So ladies yeah. loved it. Boys didn't like it that much. So that's when, no. that's when yeah, things started well, to happen. I, I got a, a lot of fights in, in middle school and in high school. And I think that's I, just for me having to defend myself. I think that's what made me feel like, um, like I had a chip on my shoulder 
And so uh, if anything, it, it kind of turned me more onto the street, you know, and um, I, I have best friends today, but we weren't always, you know, the good gentlemen that we've turned out to be. And I really feel like, man, God had a plan for me even back then because I could have been in, in juvenile hall. I could have went to, uh, I could have been dead several times, but um, God had his hand on me and I didn't even know it, you know, at that time. So um, things definitely changed for me when um, I graduated yeah. and it, it was almost as if I was on a new path. So take us through some of the specifics. I know Joe, like what you were talking about, because the like honestly, guys, when you meet the the Joe Pony, he is light. He is light. And if you get a chance to be around him, this guy is absolutely. You, if you're on TikTok, you will not be around him because he's got no TikTok game. Um, but if you're on Facebook and you're 90, uh, then <laughs> you, you'll be able to check him out. So take us back into that as far as the specifics, you know, because you said you didn't get into the fast hands part. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Well, I mean, so, Joe. Joe was handling business. Am I correct on that? Right after you get it, after you get into a couple of fights, and you what did you learn? What did you learn in the first couple of fights that you said, okay, this is the thing. This this is how I'm going to strike. This is what I'm going right. to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mother told me. In fact, I, I came home from school one day, and I do not promote violence at all. I do not promote. You know, we uh, know this. You got with, the, with them you eyebrows. Know? You with them eyebrows. You are promoting <laughs> Jesus all the way. You right. know what I mean? This but, is all about Jesus. But let's talk the real part. But I'll home. tell you what, I was having I was having a difficult time in school. Okay. And I came home and I told my mother, I said, Mom, it's not going too well for me at this new school. Uh, I think some gang members have, um, you know, I, I believe they want to fight. And uh, I don't know what to do. And I, uh, I'm having a difficult time. She told me, she said, well, next time that person comes up to you, you take your backpack off and you hit them real good. Just one time and they will stop. They will wow. stop coming after you. you Get them, so, Mom. Yeah, you know, we used to watch Rocky 1, 2, and 3, you know, 4, 5, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Rocky was a, was a great movie in our household. So I knew what I had to do. I couldn't, you know, skip school. I, I knew I had to face the music, so to speak. And so I went to school one, one you know, day. And uh, sure enough, one of, uh, one of this young kid came up to me again. And he was part of a gang. And uh, he was like the school bully. And uh, sure enough, he came and pushed me. I took off my, my backpack and nobody ever did this to the school bully, you know, um, but I did. And uh, I gave him one good Rocky Balboa punch and uh, we sent us to the office. And um, I, the principal had us call our parents. And so I called my mother. And, and at that time, my mom answers. She says, um, the principal says, we're going to have to suspend Joseph, but we want you to talk to him first. And so I got on the phone with my mother. And, and uh, at that time she said, um, did you win? Her first words were, did you win? And I said, yes. And yes. she was like, good job, son. There we go. There <laughs> we go. It, it, you know, you look back on, you know, like life, you know, um, I guess you could say like uh, episodes in your life you know, and you could smile about it today. But when you go through it at that time, boy, did it feel like the world was ending, you know, and I just holding on, having a sense of hope really got me through th with that, but also my mother's encouragement to face my fears, so to speak. Now, was it an overhand? Was it a hook? Was it an uppercut? Where'd you come from? Yeah, it was, it was just, uh, yeah, it was an overhand. I just turned overhand. around and gave it to him. Just yeah. gave it. Now, <laughs> did you act like you were going to walk away? Did you use that one to act like I'm going to walk away and then pow? 
how or no no I, I and what i've learned is that you got to strike first or you know okay uh, great offense is the new you know is the new uh, victory you know so to speak so um that's what i did man i just had some good offense okay. and it helped me first ba- first fast and hard that's what i heard yeah, early on yeah, right? yeah i think that's i think that saying came from koba kai yes, you know uh, yes. from the uh, karate kid <laughs> <laughs> Strike first, no mercy. <laughs> so now does this work in business? Uh, you know what? Actually, it does. That's pretty funny how you mentioned that is that, um, you know, in today's economy, um, it's almost as if those that are able to adapt, those that are agile, those that uh, think on their toes are those that survive, you know, and, and not only survive, but thrive. And um it's definitely a technique that I use in business for sure. So tell us about, okay, there's, there's Joe, the little kid, a little guy that gets kind of bullied a little bit, gets into it, starts, <laughs> you know, starts arching his eyebrows, mm-hmm. um, you know, singing Backstreet Boys, singing Backstreet Boys, uh, <laughs> we're, we're wearing, uh, uh, pirate shirts, uh, like Prince, <laughs> you know, <laughs> puppy shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's this Joe growing up. Then there's this this epiphany that happens where your friend found Jesus. I didn't know that he got lost, but your friend actually found him. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, That's Jesus was lost in the yeah. woods, and your friend found him. Uh, well, well, I- yeah. <laughs> I, I was always so confused. And my dad told me early on in my life, he's like, uh, Kelly, I found Jesus. I was like, oh, where'd he go? You know what I mean? Like you're exactly. the one who found him. But so your friend finds a uh, Jesus, right? Um, mm-hmm. which in the Stockton area, it's not hard to find him. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can just, he's at every corner. <laughs> For those of you listening, I'm Mexican. I can make that joke. So, uh, when, when you do take us to that epiphany point, and then you said that kind of everything changes at that point. Now I hear Mm -hmm. this a lot with people. And I think a a person who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord or, you know, it kind of gets kept skeptical of this, right. Is like Mm -hmm. really your whole life changed, Joe, like everything you just dropped everything at the time. And then did it just become euphoric or were you still having to deal with circuit or like with, with, uh, decisions that you had made before this right. new Joe had come about? Right. I think that it, it helped me build a foundation that was sturdy. I think, you know, beforehand, um, I didn't have an identity. I didn't have, um, something I could stand on that I can believe, you know, for instance, uh, I could be tossed back from back and forth by insecurities, uncertainty, um, hopelessness, like how's my future going to look, you know? And one thing that changed when, um, one thing that changed when I had a foundation, uh, uh, in, in, in Christ was that, uh, I had a foundation of hope, you know, uh, of security, um, of assurance. And I'm not just talking about heaven or things of that sort, um, in which the Bible talks about, I'm just referring to, um, the hope for today. One of my favorite scriptures um, is I am convinced that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I believe that, you know, we are encouraged to see heaven here on earth as believers in a sense, you know? And so um, that's what changed is that my hope for the future, uh, my hope for the now, and um, it really affected my identity as a person. 
So how old were you at this time? Uh, I was 18. 18. Uh, so yep. you were you were kind of thuggish at the time. That's what you were alluding to, right? Because you were running. Right, yeah. You know, you kind of. Now, were you sagging pants? Were you sagging pants? Uh, uh, or were yeah, you skinny so, jeans, dude, with oh, the saggy no, no. pants? Skinny jeans wasn't popular back in those days. You're it talking was, cross colors? How, you're talking yeah, cross you, colors? You're, well, you're talking about the, how low can your jeans go, you know? And okay. that's what was definitely in. And uh, yeah, we never wore belts. Hat, but we hat always low. had to. Hat low, Hello, yeah. flat brim? Definitely. Flat uh, brim? Yeah, and then uh, make sure your, your T-shirts are double the size. Oh, too. dude, combed cotton? Combed cotton? Did exactly, you, yes. That, that, wife, that wife beater underneath? <laughs> you got to have, yes. yeah, exactly. Crease? You just, yeah, and you could, it was just, you know, white tee, you know, some jeans and some white Air Forces, and you're good. <laughs> so you were that crispy, you were, you were that crispy and gangster, and then you were still doing the brows at the time. Would you do those uh, in... I mean, you wouldn't get with all your homies and be like, yo, guys, let's get our brows done before we go out and gangbang. <laughs> no. So how were you how, how were you able to reconcile this with your buddies? You were like, no, no, they just grow that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, uh, it, it was it's, it's interesting because um, it is I, it never it never had a conversation that popped up that that, you know, I, I encouraged them to groom themselves, you know, and they didn't. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, you could really use a. Uh, a grooming here in your I, face, you I, know? So I could imagine that conversation with, uh, you know, little Joker, um, like, Hey, yeah, exactly. you, know, you gotta, you gotta uh, check this out. You know, you change your brow game. It's going to change everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Joe's got right. his own line of, uh, 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 eyebrow arching tools that uh, we're going <laughs> to let you know of on the, you know, what's funny is I actually have an Instagram video of an eyebrow tutorial. <laughs> And I have the tools that I recommend people for I love uh, you, Joe. To, to to pull out their best eyebrow. You and know, Joe, like you make a lot of you make a lot of money on this too, don't you? You make a <laughs> uh, yes, you do. You know what? I, yes, you do. I guess so. I guess yes, so. My, um, but you know, it's just like Michelangelo. He says to the Rock. You know, I don't know if you heard the quote. There's an angel in there. I'm going to get him out. You know, it's it's you got some nice eyebrows. You just got to make sure you unleash them. You know, you got to give them to the world. <laughs> Thank you. You need, hey, you need to talk to Anthony Davis because, you know, early on he, he became known as the brow and stuff. But like you need to let that go. He needs to let yeah, that go yeah. and take that seagull off his face is what he needs to do. Definitely, definitely. Um, get the get the eye, eye, eye brow. <laughs> uh, just, just take care of it. So when do, when do you start speaking? Because you speak in schools. Uh, you go and do inspirational mm -hmm. speaking in schools. You speak in yeah. churches, um, colleges, grade schools, things like this. Right. Um, and, you know, you're a, a very, 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 very successful entrepreneur. Um, most you. people who use that title, though, are... Uh, living in their mom's basement and don't have a job. Ladies, right, right, ladies right. in the dating scene, if the guy mm -hmm. says he's an entrepreneur, run. Because he's playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and living in his mom's basement. Seriously. Right, right. So when did the, the speaking side start and why is that Got so it. important to you? Mm -hmm. So I, once I graduated um, high school, uh, they did a newspaper article on me. And um, because I was expelled twice, then I graduated with seven scholarships. I was actually, I graduated from continuation school with seven scholarships. What did and you so get scholarships in? What did you get scholarships in? Um, you know, Gr grooming. I got, yeah, yeah, exactly. Grooming, uh, 
who could sing the Backstreet Boys the best? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was a whole range of things. I, I I went from having D's and F's to like A's and B's. So it was like one for academic. I think I got an Italian heritage scholarship. I, I got a Mexican heritage scholarship. So I'm Mexican Italian. So I got the best of both worlds. I could eat, you know, spaghetti on this on, on Monday and, and a burrito on Tuesday, you know, and uh, it's part of the uh, family tradition. So um, it, it, speaking began immediately after graduation. And uh, I spoke at high schools, I spoke to um, regular high schools and to continuation high schools. And I also spoke at, you know, teachers like teacher conventions um, and how to reach the youth, you know. So um, it started in at 18 and I'm 32 today and it hasn't stopped. So I, I actually have um, year workshops. We do career discovery and we do um, dream workshops um, in high schools uh, all around the Bay area from San Jose to in Silicon Valley to the, um, to the Valley uh, here in Northern California. So it has been definitely an amazing journey, but my whole goal is to help as many people as possible uh, discover their, their path concerning their career, as well as their calling in life. What are some of those tools? Because, you know, it, it culminated into a book. But I mean, it's funny with books, because when you write one, then people listen to you. They're like, oh, my gosh, Joe, this is so amazing. And I know people have been listening to you for 14 years. But when you have a best-selling book like you do, um, people then almost become aware. They're like, yeah, I can't believe that's so great that you said it. And have you ever been like, dude, I've been saying this stuff for like 14 years, but I wrote it in a book and you now <laughs> you listen to it. Right. Yeah, uh, it definitely happens. Well, I am um, during the whole COVID. Um, what thing, co what COVID? COVID what started, are you talking about? What is exactly. That? When, what is when that? everything shut down, um, oh, okay. you know, my business, I've been in business for about five years. Okay. Doing what? During, what is the business? Um, right. Yeah. So in 2015, I started a video production company. Gangster. And um, my business doubled my income doubled every year since I started. Um, so you could just imagine how much I made the first year that I doubled that the second year, doubled that the third year, doubled that the fourth year. So uh, it has been crazy to say the least. Uh, I don't accredit um, my productivity, my productivity to, to my success. Um, I don't, you know, credit working harder to my success. I, I credit working smarter to my success. And, um, there, there's certain things that I did that was, that, that really set me apart from the rest. And, um, I think it was a combination of, of a, a couple of things. When I, when I seen the success in my business, when I seen, you know, the benefits from people that I had been ministering to in, in, in high schools, colleges, uh, to postgrads and also within churches with people that have felt stuck or looking for new opportunities. The whole combination of those things really stirred me to write a, a book um, when, when people were in this economic um, downturn. So, when you're talking about your, your businesses, a couple of things that you talked about was that you did a couple of things that kind of set you apart. Can you give the listeners some practical application things, some things that they can do? And now 
if you're in the video production business, yes, they're going to be able to do it. But what I love about Joe is that he has principle-based success, meaning that he's successful in the film industry, in the production side, but the principles that he has will make him successful as a speaker, as an author, um, in anything that he does. So what are some of these things that a person could do practically that can help their life right now? Right. So you have to identify your target audience. Um, you have to identify your target. And for me, I picked a target client. And uh, not only did I do that, but I also picked how much money did I want to earn in one year? And what that did to me is I looked up the industry that I was in, how much were the top 20% were making within my industry. And I, and I then had a goal. Um, I then had a vision uh, in which I, I wanted to head toward. And so that revolutionized my business. It revolutionized my, uh, revolutionized my approach. And um, it really helped me in my career to join the top 20% of income earners. Um, and I had to change a few things. Um, I had to change the way I systematically approached um, my day-to-day work, uh, the way that I knock out my to-do list. Um, it also helped me uh, stir up my confidence, you know, in, in knowing that, hey, I can do this. This is, this is something that if other people can, why not me, you know? And so um, for myself, I, I had a to-do list and I, and that was one of the most important things. I know a lot of today in, in today's world, people like bash people that have routines are like, break out of your routine. Don't follow a routine, you know? And for me, finding a routine, a successful routine was, was more freedom than I ever had. I, I realized I had a routine when I thought I didn't. And that was, you know, being spontaneous, you know? Um, but what ended up happening is that, Uh, I wasn't getting anything done, you know? And so uh, for me, I set a a positive routine, a routine that could be, that could help me be effective. Um, I set the price of how much I wanted to make a year. I broke that down into months and then I broke that down into weeks. And then I broke that down into how much I need to make a a day. And it really um, transformed my income for sure. And today, it's not like it's not like people can't earn a living, you know, living off of their skill or doing what they love or doing what they feel they have a niche. Um, And we could get all this in this, you know, in a bit. But I I definitely feel that with different people, there's different things that they can do. Uh, But for the most part, if you change your your routines in life, you could get a lot more done. So let's talk specifics in your industry, okay? So mm-hmm. there's people out there that are in film and production and things like that. Um, what are some of the practices that that you did that once you did them that you said, you, it was almost like, I can't believe everybody's not doing this thing. Like th- right. these little things that I was doing to be able to, number one was I love what you said as far as taking a year's income, breaking it down to the month, breaking it down to the week, breaking it down to the day. Now you have what you need to charge. Two part question. So that's the first question is, is understanding that second part is port of entry is probably the, the, the biggest challenge that I see in most people, the port of entry, meaning that, um, you know, 
I want to get in the top 20%, but I'm not, I don't deserve that. There's no way I can't, I can't get these high end clients to be able to pay me because as opposed to saying like, this is where my target is. This is what I want to go after. Can you speak to both of those? Yeah, definitely. I think you have to be so good that they can't ignore you. You know, I think that there are people that are consciously skilled in society. And we know those people because those are the people that are doing um, that are taking full advantage of their strengths. Um, So there's the consciously skilled in society, but then there's also the unconsciously skilled. And that is the people that, that are, are skilled, but do not know they are skilled in a certain industry or in a certain profession that they can monetize their skill for, you know? And so uh, I think once you identify your strengths, once you identify your skill, then you can work toward mastery. Mastery is important because when you are good at something, uh, you then have the opportunity to become better than everybody else. Um, it's not good to spread yourself thin. It's good to find your niche. And when I say find your niche, I want to be careful because everybody says find your niche. And they're like, well, where do I start? The people that don't have a niche, they feel they feel it's, it's almost as if they're dis- despaired because they're like, man, where do I start? But um, I think to find your niche, you have to you have to look for uh, ways to serve people. And that, and how can you serve people the best? What area can you serve people the best? And that's your niche. And so for me, I knew that I was, I had the creative eye. I, I knew I had the ability to storytell. For me, I had the ability to film, um, and I had a a skill to to film. And what I did is I I zeroed in on that skill. I elevated that skill to the point of mastery. And at that point. When I put my work, when I presented my work in front of the clients that I wanted, um, it was undeniable. You know, it it was almost as if I it was a hook, line and sinker. You know, Um, now, if you are if you are untrained, it's easy to to get trained in your skill by looking up online courses, by finding a mentor to reaching out to people. But for the most part, if you have a strength, it's, it's important, especially in today's economy, um, that you become so good that people can't overlook you. People can't ignore you. In fact, that you start blowing people away by what you can do. And that's only by achieving mastery in, in your skills. So when you're talking about mastery, you know, some people that are listening uh, now, the people in the, in the film and production, they, they understand this. They understand like my brother-in-law who I want you to meet, uh, Brad, you're going to, you guys are going to love, I mean, it's going to be a great little synergy, but for the people listening, a lot of them don't do production, don't do film. And they're saying, okay, mastery, dude, like you're doing videos, and you, right, right. you you push play or record, right, right. and then you push off record when it's done. The storytelling, <laughs> what are you talking about the storytelling? Because what, I mean, you have a good story, you push record, you take off record, and that's it. Now, I understand your business because I'm around it mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Take us into the the take us into the detail part of it, that down and dirty and those little right. things that people don't see. I mean, even with the fact that you're on a Zoom call right now, but your background is lit, like your bra- background is gangster, right? And I do Zoom calls with people all the time and literally like 
trash is in the back or you know what I mean? So <laughs> they're in a basement somewhere. Talk, talk to us about those little, those little things in film and production that really elevate the game and that you see that most people aren't looking for. Right. I think, well, first and foremost, you have to be able to provide value. You have to provide value in whatever you do. And when you provide value um, in your service, you then become valuable in the marketplace. And what we've been able to do, my company has been able to do is, is provide value, which is understanding a person's brand and helping them communicate it to their target audience in a way that is compelling, in a way that is an emotional human connection, in a way that will convert um, viewers into customers, right? And so for us, it's, it's not just um, putting a camera on some tripods and then, you know, saying action. It is more to the point to where we, we sit down with somebody, we create a vision for what they would like, and a lot of creativity, a lot of mind mapping goes into that. And we skillfully capture uh, their story, their business, or their event in a way that um, can bring the viewers into an experience. And so um, we, we go in, we, we brainstorm, we film, and then we edit, and then we send this product to video of uh, to, to our clients and to our partners. And um, the, the most rewarding part about that is, is seeing the success in, in the people that we work with. Um, and so when it when it's uh, when I refer to mastery in, in this line of business, it's just it, it means just being great at what you do, you know, and, and it's almost as if um, when no one reaches a pinnacle, I think no one reaches the top of the mountain. When I refer to mastery, I think it, it's important that you get you get to whatever you do, you get to the point to where you're great. You know, but you don't stop there. You continue to elevate. You continue to learn. You continue to grow. And that's um, that's our job in this line of business for sure. So talk to us too, Joe, because a lot of like the, the elite, right? And and you're you're gonna shake your head when I say this and that you're elite. You are. And you you know this in your heart. You smile and you're like humble and you're like, oh, my eyebrows are elite. Um, but, I, but I'm saying you're elite. I mean you're you're the, you're the top in your industry. And um, I want you to talk to the the audience a little bit about circles that you fly in because mm -hmm. I think this is yeah. so very important because a lot of times people think. You know, I, I can't get into that part of that part. Speak to the circles and speak to the relationships, because what I've found is, say, I, I'm a part of a, a, a group. Um, it's a family called PLH, which is Peace, Love and Happiness. And it's a charity that helps with first responders. And we do motorcycle rides and we go and we just have fun. It's like, you know, it's amazing. But the circles that I get to fly in in these places help me to break down the walls of other circles that I can fly in. And once you start flying in those circles, things start to change because conversations change. Talk to us about relationships and those circles that you fly in. Yeah. I think it was uh, Jim Rome that said, you are the average of the five people you spend time with. And so if I spend time with people that are great, um, or if I spend around, if I spend my time around five millionaires and I'll be the sixth, you know, same thing as if I spend my time around five 
lowlifes, I, I, I will be the last to accompany them, right? And so for me, it's always been a priority to get around movers and shakers um, and world changers and people that, you know, uh, want to do something with their life. Not to say that, you know, I, I separate myself from every, anybody else or everybody else. It's just that I like to spend time with people and, and have friends and inner circles with people that um, really want to do something great, you know, with their life. And for me, um, I think it's important to find your tribe, so to speak. You have to get around people that encourage you, that celebrate you, that want to see you do good. And that would also hold you accountable to, to, to the potential within you, to your personal trajectory. You know, um, there's this scripture that says iron sharpens iron, you know. And so for me, I, uh, I get around people that encourage me financially. Uh, because their life is financially awesome. You know, they live below their budgets, you know, they save, um, they, um, you know, work toward getting out of debt, you know, and so that encourages me in my financial life. Uh, I get around people that um, want to do more for the society, you know, for the society around them. And that, that encourages me. And so for me, um, I think that I personally believe that no one's a self-made person. Um, hey, Steve Jobs had somebody, you know, Bill, Bill Gates had somebody, Michael Jordan, you know, he had somebody, he, who do he have? Scottie Pippen and the Bulls. Like everybody had somebody that helped them into greatness or, or that accompanied them into greatness. And I think that it's important that you surround yourself with people that will encourage you, that will challenge you, and that will also inspire you to be better. How much has the uh, biblical principles too? I mean, one one that uh, sticks out to me is is to be no respecter of persons. And for those of you who don't study the word, I'm not saying that you don't respect people, but you don't respect people for the position that they have. You don't look at the hierarchy that they have. That you just walk into a room and that they are a person. And so let's speak to that one because. I, I could tell you this. A lot of times my ignorance has helped me to succeed. Um, it was actually when you and I met because I didn't know who Tommy Barnett was. And <laughs> I went in the back room and there was a guy sitting across from me and I was like, wow, okay, he's speaking. I'm speaking too. This is cool. High five. Um, how are you doing? My name is Kelly. Well, I had no idea who this is and that he built the dream center and that he's on this level. My ignorance helped me because I treated him like a person as opposed to an entity. How has this helped you? Because like I watch you with people and Joe is Joe, no matter who's around and you don't get shook like, and I've watched and you don't get shook. And there's people that you work with that you won't name and I won't name either, but there would be a lot of people that if they heard the names, they would get shook. How have you been able to fly in the, in the arenas and not get shook? And let's speak to that principle of being no respecter of persons. Right. So you're basically saying, how is it that you're not intimidated when you get around somebody with more degrees than a thermometer, a thermostat? <laughs> you know, uh, for me, like, um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, it may sound corny, it may sound cheesy, but um, for me, I think my faith has helped me in that area, you know, um, and also just knowing that they're just people just like me. They're people just like you and I, you know, and uh, that helps me never to be intimidated 
but also to be myself, to be able to bring a joyful atmosphere. You know, um, I actually love put, you know, uh, walking into rooms that are filled with tension and stress and, and turning it upside down into atmospheres of joy, peace, you know, uh, patience. And um, I think it's, it depends on having an, a solid foundation in your personal identity. Mm. You can't put your identity in your work. You can't put your identity in your performance. You can't put your identity in how you look. Because when what you do stops, so does your confidence. When you can't perform the way you used to, so does your identity. It, it, it just, it, that's why so many people have career, or excuse me, um, identity crisis, because they've put their identity and their value in, in how they look or what they have. And I believe that your value doesn't come from what's in the bank or what you drive. Your value comes in knowing who you are in the sight of God. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Um, and I believe that when, when, you, when you place your identity or your value system in, in things that are not, um, uh, that are things that are perishable or things that can easily tr- um, fall apart or that things that change over time, you will never find yourself happy. You'll never find yourself comfortable within your own skin. And it's a dangerous place to be. So for me, um, putting my my identity and understanding my personal value in, in in the eyes of God has enabled me to hold my head high in any season, um, in any bad hair day, you know, and and in any um, career transition that I've gone through. So you're saying that if you're eyebrows grew back 100%, you would still be gangster Joe Pony walking in with that big old <laughs> bright smile and face. You uh, have to, yeah. Now I'm talking about that one caterpillar that you would have above your eyes. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you know, I, I think would I you may say need it. Maybe I, that I would definitely need a day to get over it. Maybe okay. two, days, two days, you know. If, so you're human. Yeah, definitely. For so sure. You know, maybe, maybe even a week. You okay. know? <laughs> I, I would, I would, stir, I would have to stir myself up to get back up because I think it's those moments, you know, when you're on your face in your office, you know, um, not knowing if you can get out, you know, of that situation or make it through that season of your life. I think those are the one, those are the seasons that really mold you and shape who you are as a person, you know, it can make or break you. And so uh, if that happened to my eyebrows, for sure, it would, it would devastate me, but I would, I would get over it. You would bounce, you would bounce (laughs) back. So what I heard a lot during the, uh, during the the coronavirus stuff and the COVID and all the things, um, Mm -hmm. what I heard a lot was what, which one that resonated with me was that character won't be built in this time. It'll be exposed. Wow. Right. So talk to Mm -hmm. this because there's so many people that, um, you know, I had, I, I talked to so many kids and they, they were like, Oh, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm, I got anxiety. And I was like, COVID didn't cause that. It gave it the right. opportunity to come to the surface, but that stuff was around anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. speak to that because, you know, and also two parts. So number one, speak to that. And I would love for you to speak to mm-hmm. the fact of you, you kind of yada, yada this, you, you ever experienced yada, yada. Uh, it was yeah, it was on uh, Seinfeld. You remember, and she would be like, "We went out on our first date, yada yada yada, and now we're <laughs> together, right?" So you yada yeah, yada yeah. us in the fact that you said, 
I met, I found Jesus because you and your friend were out in the woods and you found Jesus. So you found him because he was lost. Then you brought him back. Thank you so right, much, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And the whole world yeah. can thank you for that. Christian terminology yeah. definitely needs uh, some updating for sure. Because they, I mean, Christians be saying the most darnest things. Oh, the yes. Most yes. Things, oh. You know, so we found him. Your life turned around. You started your production business and then you doubled. Bang, 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 bang. Okay. And then you're flying in these circles. Okay, I know as a human being, there were some times on your face. Um, so the first one, I can't even remember what the first one, uh, first part right. of the question yeah. was, but it, you should answer it because you should be listening to I definitely to me. know. And I, I then, definitely remember. then go to that and let us know about some of those seasons where you were in the valley. And for me, for the listeners out there, what I, what I uh, said, and I got in trouble on this, Joe. I was speaking to uh, uh, some kids and they were in, uh, in a, uh, a trade school. And I said mm-hmm. that um, I celebrate depression and I celebrate anxiety, of which I, I've experienced both and I experience both. Right, I right. said because mm-hmm. the anxiety is nothing more than hyper-focus, mm. the, ability, wow. the ability to hyper-focus, and then depression is the ability to rest. Wow. And so what I said is, is that when you get to the top of the mountain, you better be looking for the valley to go and sleep in. And when you go into the valley, it's deep, dark, nasty. And that's what depression is. But mm-hmm. God uses that as a place for us to rest because the only place where you get true rest is in the darkness. And when you do, then you gain the strength to climb the next mountain. Right. I got in a lot of trouble because they were like, you're trivializing uh, depression. I said, no, I'm not. I experience right. it. I just I experience right. anxiety. But when I find that anxiety is in my life is it's hyper-focused. I can't get my mind off that one thing, but every successful person like yourself, high level, every single one of them has the ability to hyper-focus on one thing and lock into that and not uh, let ease up until it's gone. Right, right. And I think that many times people feel uh, condemned if they experience seasons of depression. Um, They feel, you know, they start to get... uh, I don't know, beat themselves up if they, if they experience seasons of anxiety and especially in a time like this, you know? Um, But I think it's, it's perfectly normal to go through, you know, seasons that are difficult. Um, When you transition to new challenges in life, it happens and it's okay. You know Um, it's almost as if you learn how to, you, you get used to one season of your life and then all of a sudden something brand new happens and you're like, have to learn all over again. For me, it was me being married, you know, and I finally got the hang of it after three years. And then we had a child, you know, and it was a brand new marriage. It was a brand new life. It was a brand new career. I I just, I didn't, I couldn't look at life the same. And so, um, you know, and then, I had to readjust, you know, my life again, or readjust my focus. I had to recalibrate. And I think today is a perfect time for us to readjust, refocus and recalibrate um, what's going on in our personal life. So when something pops up and we find ourselves um, depressed or we find ourselves stressed out or we find ourselves, you know, uh, anxious. It is a time for us to reassess what's really going on, to dig deeper, to find out where this started, to find out how this can be taken care of or, or what we need, whether it be, um, you know, healthy affection or healthy attention or, or healthy communication. You know, um, I think that it's important that 
we, we lean on the relationships around us in seasons like that to get us through. Because when you're not strong, it's important to get around strong people and it will rub off on you. Um, and I think that it's okay to be vulnerable. Too many people try to be strong and um, you're not made to be strong. You're made to be, you know, um, well, I, I guess my, this is my personal conviction. You know, um, the Bible says um, that he gives grace to the weak, you know, and so uh, his grace is sufficient for us in times of weakness, the Bible says. And so before God, I'm weak, you know, um, before God, I don't have the answers. And when I when I when I get on my knees before God, you know, when I leave that place, it's I, I could look strong in the public's eye. But, you know, deep down inside, I have this this hidden place with the Lord. And that really helps me get through life. When I went for, for everybody else that may not have a relationship with, with God or, or with the Lord, what I, what I would encourage is you have to be able to be vulnerable with people, uh, with yourself, uh, so that you can, um, get through times like these because life isn't going to let up anytime soon. You know, it's always going to be difficult it's always going to be tough. And when we have these signals that pop up on our dashboard, it's important that we heed what's going on and then address it, take care of it. So when you're looking at, at the, at the scenarios right now, everyone is like, it's almost like the, the gold rush, right? So the gold rush of your business, right? And what you do in the film and production and things like that, it's almost a gold rush. Like every single person is like, oh my gosh, I need to do X. I need to get, I need to start doing video. I need to start getting into, you know, not to say that they're going to do, do video and production themselves as a business, but they're looking to, uh, to produce their business, whatever it is, real estate is happening. You're seeing these things. You've always been a forward thinker and you're already in this wheelhouse, right? So in 2015, you started your company. Little did you know in 2020, I mean, it would be probably one of the number one businesses in the, in the world right, economy. Right. What does Joe see in the future? Like, what do you see far right. off that people aren't seeing right now? Well, this is, this is what encouraged me to write this book. Many people give conventional wisdom, the conventional wisdom to follow your passion. However, what happens when you have multiple passions? Where do you start? What happens if you have no passion at all? Many times people feel despair because they don't even have a passion to start with, you know? Um, and I think it can be discouraging advice. It could be even um, unwise advice just to follow your passion. However, I do believe, um, well, let me back up because passion isn't something you start with. It's something you gain over time mm. after doing something you love. Correct. And so where do you start? You start by following your curiosity, the path to where you love the path to doing what you love. It starts by taking a look at your interests taking a look at your fascinations and seeing where it leads you. And that's where you stumble upon opportunity. This is what compelled me and convicted me to write something like this because uh, in today's economy, there's jobs that are, that are, um, that are being lost by just disruption, right? Um, from robotic robotics to, um, the internet usage to technology, like everything is, 
is there's there's jobs that are being that are being replaced or replacing people um, by industries that are that are turning to robots. You know, uh, watch out. Terminator three, Terminator four coming, you know, but no, in, in a real sense, you know, like for instance, Amazon created a, a grocery store, right. That you could just walk out with your groceries, you know, and then they just, they just bing, we got it. Don't worry. You know? And so during this time of disruption, um, there's also millions of jobs that are being produced that the world has never, ever seen before. And now it's the time more than ever to get curious about what's coming. Mm. For me, I look at stories like, uh, who was it? Um, Steve Jobs, right? He had his knack for business and he was around the era where the computers just started. And he, you know, um, thought to himself, man, why don't we start building these um, motherboards and why don't we just start selling them? You know, and when he came across a local lobbyist that said, hey, we'll buy a, a computer as a whole, you know, Apple was birthed. But he didn't start off with app, the idea of Apple. He just started off with an opportunity, like a curious opportunity of these computers that were being made at that time. Even um, who was it? Jeff Bezos. He worked in Wall Street. Right. And uh, at the time, he seen the usage of the Internet and it threw him off his chair. He thought to himself, like, I have to get into um, this Internet thing because I've seen no type of percentage like it. I, I guess the percentage for Internet uses was up like twenty four thousand or something of that sort, twenty four hundred. And it was a spike that he seen like, wow, this is this is going to be a boom. I need to get part of this. And his curiosity in in, in that area of what was going on with the internet really led him to Amazon. For me, um, I think it was in 2014 where I seen a statistic that said um, business owners are turning to video like never before. And I think it was like, I still remember the, the stat. It was like 70% of online usage will be video. And that did something to me. That was like, wow, I got to position myself right now to jump on board. For, for right now, I see... Um, I think it was research and market marketing put out a uh, statistic or, or excuse me, they put out a, a prediction. And that prediction was uh, by 2025, uh, online courses will be a 35 or, or excuse me, $350 billion industry. So right now everybody's producing online courses and you may think to yourself like, oh, well, it's already jam packed. Uh -uh. No, it's going to get even more um, usage uh, and there's going to be $350 billion available, you know, and, and there's a lot of money to go around by 2025. So for me, I look at these statistics and this, this, this sparks something within me. This sparks a curiosity within me. This, starts, this sparks a fascination within me. Like, wow, what skill can I monetize, monetize right now um, to jump in? You know, um, what skill do I have that I can teach? Because there's people overseas that want to learn it. There's people here um, in our nation that 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 want to learn. I think um, all these industries, if you just follow the money, like where did all the money money go? You know, uh, people weren't hoarding their money, you know, during COVID. They were they were spending it. What were they spending it on? A lot of them turned to online courses. Um, I just read a um, 
I don't know, this statistic from or, or this recent news story that Google is doing something about um, courses. And uh, I don't know, we're, we, we may see a massive disruption in the area of uh, universities in the years to come. Um, there's a massive shw- uh, shift going that, that is taking place. So I think um, in times like these, it's, it's important to become curious because um, every innovator, every great explorer, every great disruptor, um, from the Renaissance to the 21st century, you know, we're all inspired by their curiosity. And I think now it's more than ever, it's time to become curious about the things that are going on around us. Good. I, I'm, uh, I'm sure that every single person that's listening is, is blown away. They want more, they want more, they want more. Um, the whole reason Joe for the podcast is for my kids. So my daughter, uh, McKenna and my son Maddox. So Maddox is eight and McKenna's 11. And I started the podcast because I wanted to take iconic people like you, people who fly <laughs> in the in the top, you know, 10, 15, 5%, in your case, probably one or 2% of your whole industry. Stop it. <laughs> exactly. I can say that you can't, you know, but I wanted to take them and I wanted to humanize them. And I wanted my kids to see that a person like a Joe Pony, who's at the top of the game, has a phenomenal attitude and works hard. A general manager of a NFL football team. There's only 32 positions in the whole world at that position. I was able to take that man, John Robinson and his wife and humanize him and see that he has a great attitude. He has great work ethic. What message would you give? If you could look into the camera and use Maddox and McKenna, what message would you send to Maddox and McKenna? Um, get around people that believe in you. For me, it was my mom. Um, And that there really encouraged me um, through the dark times, uh, through the tough times. And it really helped me um, get to the place where I am today, you know? And so it's important that you um, get around people that believe in you, that you can lean on, that you can depend on. You gotta understand, people will fail you. People uh, are not perfect. And if you can understand that, you will never find yourself disappointed in those that you need in your life. For, for you, it might be your mom and dad. I think that's a beautiful place to start. Uh, it's a beautiful place to be. Um, grandpa and grandma, you know, those are the best. You know, these are the people that remind us of who we are. And uh, it's important to have those people in your life. Well, I want to thank you, Joe, for taking your time, uh, you know, your wisdom. And I want you to promise on, on camera and on the audio that you will do part two. Because obviously getting to know Joe Pony for some of you is like, wow, all you took away was his eyebrows. Now all the ladies are like, <laughs> I got to see these eyebrows. The guys are like, I want to see these eyebrows because I want to see if his, hands, <laughs> if his hands can move that fast. Um, but I want to be able to have a part two, um, part three, part four, part five, because I, I love to be able to see your journey, um, you know, as you, as you continue to ascend, because I, I uh, just, I read a book recently about Robert Iger, who was the uh, CEO of Disney. And he talked about uh, investing in his disruption. And I look at you and you're the first time practically, practical application of that principle. Um, Netflix, he saw Netflix coming 
and he doubled down and invested everything that Disney had into Disney Plus. And everyone in Disney said that he was crazy. They were uh, against him, that stock dropped, everything like that. But what he did is he invested in his disruption and created Disney Plus and basically saved the company. And wow. so to, to look at this, you're the first practical application in my life to be able to see that, that you're investing in your disruption. And anyone out there listening, I want you to do this. So the way that you could get a hold of this guy, Instagram, Joe Pony, Facebook, Joe Pony, LinkedIn, Joe Pony, you have to check out his book, Follow Your Curiosity, The Uncharted Path to Your Success. This book is already a bestseller. It's on Amazon. We're going to have the links to be able to go there. I want to thank every single one of you for listening. I want to thank you, Joe, for being on the show. You are incredible. Thank you, my brother. I mean, and, and vice versa. I think you've always inspired me. And, uh, you know, I, I, you are, I always admired your coolness from afar, but meeting you in person um, to being friends with you to becoming, you know, uh, uh, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I consider you a close friend because um just for you and your generosity and your love, it just emanates all over, um, over anybody that gets around your presence. And so I am super honored to be on this podcast, my brother. And I love you, man. I can't wait for us to kick it again. (laughs) I appreciate it. So this is the time, if you're listening, that you need to subscribe, you need to click the links, you need to uh, shamelessly, we shamelessly promote people. And so you want to patronize all of our sponsors, do that, do what you need to do and stay tuned for more and more with the Kelly Cardenas podcast. Joe, pony you're off the hot seat we will stare at each other uh, un, uh uncomfortably for 15 seconds and then you're done sound good all right brother Let's here we it. go